This is MSCI Perspectives, your source for weekly research insights as investors respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Adam Bass, and today is June 4th, 2020. This week, securitized products, mortgage debt, car loans, and packages of other kinds of debt, which have been a major focus for investors as well as the Fed during this crisis, just as they were back in 2008. But how has this market reacted to Washington's moves this time around? And what is it telling us about what to expect going forward? For answers to these questions, we turn to David Zhang, head of Securitized Products Research at MSCI. David, thank you so much for being here. I know you're very busy these days, not only with work, but with COVID relief efforts as well. Tell us a bit about that. So uh, we have this uh, organization called the ACUC. So American Chinese United Care Alliance. So it's the Chinese Americans sort of in the New York City area uh, bind together to support uh, local hospitals and the local police uh, because they need uh, the PPE, right, personal protective uh, equipment. So I'm actually the current president of the Chinese uh, Finance Association in the U.S. And so my organization is part of that uh, alliance. We actually raised uh, over four million U.S. dollar in uh, less than a month, and actually uh, delivered over uh, millions of um, masks, uh, surgical guns, and other equipment to uh, local hospitals and local police unions. Such important work! Thank you for that effort. When you're on the clock for MSCI, though, instead of PPE, you're focused more on acronyms like MBS and ABS as well as other securitized products. This is an often misunderstood but quite significant part of the market. Yeah, so securitization is uh, the biggest financial sector uh, in the world after the U.S. treasuries. And it's uh, found uh, uh, 50% of the U.S. consumer uh, spending and business uh, credit. Uh, For agency MBS, it's uh, almost $10 trillion sector, uh, one with the best credit and the best liquidity. Has huge volatility right after the crisis, actually five times higher than uh, previous highs uh, in uh, back in 08. So this uh, uh, improved after Fed intervened. Fed bought a couple hundred billion dollars in a couple of weeks. Before the Fed intervened, though, we saw some pretty significant reactions elsewhere in this market. What kind of reaction did we see in other credit sectors? Commercial mortgage-backed securities, for example. So the other credit sectors, the worst are CMBS and the mortgage credit and the CLOs, followed by EBS. Uh, for example, high yield and uh, for high yield widened the 500 bips, uh, IG widened 100 bips, CMBS triple B widened the 500 bips, uh, even triple A widened the 50 bips. That's that's a lot. Credit risk transfer deals initially widened the 1300 bips. And for CMBS, of course, the worst hit uh, hotels and the leisure sector and the retails. Hotel uh, loan delinquency increased from 1% to 14% in one month. Commercial real estate loans delinquency increased from 1% to 7% in a month. So this is a really hard hit from the crisis. Not too surprising to hear that any security linked with travel or leisure has suffered. But as you mentioned, and as we've heard from other guests, such as Andy Sparks, The Fed has stepped into markets in a big way, and their aim, at least part of it, is to support living standards and small business in the U.S., as well as the economy, yes? Federal Reserve, right? They have experience from last crisis, 
So and so the current program is much uh, bigger. So in, the, in addition to QE, uh, the host of other programs to support the funding and the liquidity for many sectors, right? Uh, not only secondary market, but also primary market. And also, we shouldn't forget the lenders, right? the, the, the private industry. In late March, right after the um, California and Washington state lockdown, the banks uh, started uh, uh, to allow 6 to 12 months for variance uh, for a mortgage payment. And the credit card and other consumer lenders, right, auto, auto lending companies, also uh, started the uh, borrower assistance programs. And so for last crisis, we have done detailed research on effects of these programs. And we feel these programs are very useful to, to, to lessen the economic impact. What's the biggest difference you've seen with these efforts versus 2008? So for the previous crisis, a lot of these programs was tagged on halfway or you know, a few steps after the crisis. It's actually good this time we actually started this program right at the beginning of the, the crisis. Any others? So this QE is number four since 2008. And it's labeled as unlimited. Previous QE, Fed usually announced the total uh, uh, amount of portfolio buys. Like, for example, they would say uh, $250 billion for treasury and $200 billion for mortgages. This time, Fed is uh, saying that uh, we're going to spend as much as needed to support the economy and support the financial market. The, the current uh, QE actually uh, expanded to corporate bonds. Uh, they're buying, they, they announced to buy high-yield ETF, right? So this is really unprecedented. Fed has been criticizing the excessive credit expansion, especially in high-yield and bank loan, for the last three or four years. And for this to turn around, they're actually buying high-yield and, and through uh, TARF to buy certain kind of CLOs. Uh, this is really shows that Fed is uh, um, really expanding the toolbox to support the economy and support the financial market. Switching gears from past to future for a moment, while no one has a crystal ball, of course, what has your research found in terms of what the market is indicating? So for agency MBS, the big uncertainty is the prepayment behavior, right? On one hand, you have social distancing, which put barrier in selling your house and refinance your mortgages. And there are a large amount of people actually signed up for forbearances. On the other hand, uh, last month's house price uh, recording and prepayment uh, uh, speeds look quite robust. So we are looking at this uh, very closely. For credit sector, the spread has more or less went back 50 to 70% to the uh, pre-crisis levels. The very significant recovery. Uh, some of this coming obviously coming from uh, liquidity support from Fed, and some coming from the expectation that the worst crisis uh, can be avoided. On the mortgage credit sector, the default and house price downturn will not be as severe as last time. We have actually very detailed analysis on this in our research. On the CL, we think uh, uh, will be much worse than previous uh, crisis. Uh, bank loan uh, reached the one trillion dollar mark last year and higher than the high-yield sector, first time in the U.S. history. And the CL insurance, CL uh, outstanding actually tri- tripled in less than 10 years. So they all have expanded with much loose credit underwriting. Back in 2008, senior CLOs, or collateralized loan obligations, did not default. Have you seen a difference this time around? What is unique about this time is that uh, all the sector get hit 
all at once, right? You, you talk about the energy sector, uh, which actually was doing better last time, right? This time, oil price is very low. Oil sector, even hospital sector, this the joint default probability increased dramatically, right? So again, we have a detailed research on this in our published research. In consumer aviation sector, uh, because of the deferred payments offered by the lenders, so data is still coming in. And so we're going to look at the data more carefully for the next few months. A lot has been written about how the stock market has seemed disconnected from economic reality. For an institution that has historically run from uncertainty, it hasn't seemed terribly bothered since the original drawdown back in March. Uh, even though the stock market is at a historical high, uh, if you look at the treasury market, the treasury market, the 10-year treasury, is at the 60 beeps, right? So if you think about the treasury market at the 60 beeps, basically the investor in treasuries believe the rates will not go up for the next three to four years, right? So why is that? Because they, they probably think uh, uh, the economy will not improve or recover enough to warrant Fed increased rates. So there's a huge disconnect between the stock market and the treasury market. We started out talking about your work with ACUC, the American Chinese United Care Alliance. What does that work reveal to you? What will you take away when this is all behind us? Uh, this experience really show us, uh, to me, we are in this uh, together to fight the pandemic, to revive the economy, and for everyone uh, kind of living on this, uh, on this uh, planet. That's all for this week. Thanks to David and to all of you for joining us. And a special shout out to our colleague Reg Lang for his help putting this episode together. If you have a moment, we hope you'll subscribe so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes and insights. If there's a topic you'd like explored or just want to let us know what you think, don't hesitate to leave us a comment. For more from MSCI, check out our sister podcast, ESG Now, follow us on the MSCI LinkedIn page, and don't forget to bookmark www.msci.com slash coronavirus for all our crisis-related content. Until next week, I'm your host, Adam Bass, and this is MSCI Perspectives. Stay safe, everyone.